Welcome back for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles. I'm Ross Boland, joined today, as always, by my buddy, Mr. Barrett Dudley, to bring you the best TV shows and movies weekly in an easily digestible podcast packed with laughs. Barrett, what is up, player? Well, um, the pipes in the house, Ross, they're not good. I am, uh, yeah, I've gone back to the dark ages here. You, you, you experienced some of this in your quest to purchase a home. You did many static tests. Oh, anybody indeed. that is anybody that's ever dealt with a uh, with a home has, uh, or buying a new home, an old home, I should say, knows what we're talking about here. We we f- we for we forewent the static test. Um, we didn't want to know, mm-hmm. and uh, well, the 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 uh, we're with the, who's coming? Who's the who's come? The bill is. I'm stumbling over my words here, but the uh, the bill has been delivered now at this point, and we're we've we've been tossed back into the dark ages. I've pulled the peat trap off of my sink and it off the kitchen sink, and it's just running straight into a bucket, which I then take outside when it gets almost full and dump into the street. Oh no! And uh, it's going to be a big uh, big pipe fix. Hey, that's big, a, that's big a fun big thing. pipe fix. So that's, uh, hey, that's, that's good um, fun, man. You know, that's uh, other than the other than the the house falling apart and the pipes crumbling. Oh, and then yesterday, the uh, the uh, the lawn guys they were weed eating, and they uh, the the weed eater flicked a rock right into a patio door, a double pane with mini blinds inside, and the whole thing just fucking shattered. So, <laughs> dude, <laughs> shut the fuck up. So on top of the global and world crises and nat- and the national one that that we're currently going through, you have um, on the home front. Yeah, yeah. There's the you know the home's no different at the at the moment. It's, well, let me tell all, you this: it's all a mess. Let me let me offer you this small comfort, and to anybody who's struggled with uh, foundational issues in their home or plumbing issues, as Barrett currently is, this may this may offer you some small comfort. I, 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 yeah, when I was looking for a home in Austin, um, the, you have to be real careful about these, these, the plumbing, especially in these old houses, because our, uh, our, our soil moves a lot and shit. Yep. And, we've, and, and they've all the old houses, all the pre like 1972 houses have cast iron pipes, which eventually which, rot out. Which rots out no matter what. Yeah. So it doesn't work. You have to get it replaced eventually. And it's in all these old houses, many of which as a result of foundational issues now have cast iron plumbing that's either broken or whatever. Um, and so like three or four of the houses I looked at all failed that static line test. And I finally found one that passed it. It's the home I now live in that I'm recording in currently that, that, Barrett, uh, that, and here's the irony, the fucking static line test fails. Right. And then, or I'm sorry, passes. Then we move into the house and I build a fence in the front yard and the fence in the front yard causes, uh, some issues with the drainage and the drainage goes back into the foundation. And then the foundation got so flawed that it broke the plumbing and we failed the static line test. And I'm yet to fix that, uh, because it's like when it fails, they're like, yeah, bro, but you're so close. So I feel like I'm getting like a D like right, I'm almost right. passing, you know, yeah. so like there's some, like, like there's some minor leaks, but they're, but they're working. The pipes are generally I working. I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. It yeah. may be that there's a lot of poo somewhere building uh, up somewhere. A, a big poo clog. Just yeah. a poo clog, but w- perhaps we'll deal with that on another date. Uh, it's not an issue for today, here and now. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah. You know, it's just, it's always homeownership. Am I right? That's what, <laughs> that's what it's always what they tell you. They don't lie. No, no, they don't. I do not lie about that part. If you're renting and you hate it, at least you don't have this to deal with. Today's episode is a special one. It's a themed episode, and it's not about home ownership or uh, or, or robots or robots or robots. I mean, there are some. Well, there. Well, we'll get there. There's a little robot. There's a little robot. Some robots. Yeah. But we've exited robot month. Right. We're we're no longer in robot month. We're no longer in robot month. The uh, the the theme today, outer space, because we all want to go to there right now, mm. and because. We successfully launched two astronauts into space uh, this past week for the first time in forever, so we're going to discuss that a little and talk about our favorite space movies, baby. Barrett had this idea. Um, I'm very stoked about it uh, to do this themed space episode. Y'all let us know how you like this format because uh, this could be more of the direction that we go in the future with more themed stuff like this mixed in so that... Because the, it's very limiting, as we've discussed in the past. It's very limiting when we're like, you have to have watched these seven hours of television and movies in order to discuss or listen yes, to the podcast with us. Especially, especially in a time like now when, the, when we don't really have a consensus, a consensus show. So, Yes, indeed, sir. Um, but before we dive in, though, Barrett and I want to offer our support 
to all the black members of the Clam fam. We stand with you. We love you. We're here to listen. I've said about everything I want to say at the moment on this uh, our our current national situation here in the United States. Um, on Twitter and on episode 301 of the Ross Boland podcast, which I would ask all of our white listeners who are struggling to understand what's going on to listen to that episode, please, as I think it's a very difficult and important conversation we all need to have. Um, and I would also add that I come from that, not from a place of like self-righteousness at all, uh, as a person who's very much been a part of the problem. So in the past and, uh, and, and somebody who wants to be a part of the solution moving forward. So I, if you follow me on Twitter at WR Bolin or you've listened to RBP, you, you know my thoughts on the current situation. And I just want to say that we're here to, uh, to listen and the clam fam doesn't ride with hate. And if you can't ride with that, adios, motherfuckeros. Yeah, yeah, unequivocally, we, um, you know, we're we're in support of the of the movement that's going on right now, and we do believe that black ma- black lives matter. Period. Um, I think you've done a really good job of kind of expressing uh, uh, through through your platform and on your show why it's so important. So so instead of kind of adding to that, I, I just want to kind of say to all of our white listeners out there, you know, who, who I imagine are kind of in the same position as, as you and I, that it's really, really easy to be complacent. And it's probably just as a person, complacency is, is probably one of my biggest weaknesses. It's one of the things that I deal with most. I'm just, I live day by day. I'm, I'm very much like a present person. If nothing is wrong, then I don't, then, then I don't see anything, you know, wrong or to be upset about. I don't, I I, I very rarely like look for far into the future, you know, like I just sure. go day, I, I go day by day and, um, you know, for better or for worse. And so in the past, you know, I've, I've been, I've been a casual empathizer and supporter of, you know, of, of this movement, right? It's, it's always easy to, to see what happens on TV and the, you know the the latest injustice pops up, and there's video of it, and another black, another unarmed black man has been brutally murdered by the police. And you say, "Man, that sucks!" Like we really got to do something about it. You know, but a passive support sucks. Yeah. yeah, right. And then the week goes by, and you're on back to your regular life, not yeah. thinking about it and not doing anything. And that that is what feels different about this particular moment in time is that I think a lot of people like you and I are ready to be as you know as you've probably heard actively anti-racist like it is important for us to actively start doing something to help and start putting ourselves out there so yeah it's become very evident that that we can no longer just stand against something we right. have to actively eliminate it from our culture because it is a part of white culture in America that has been been there since the beginning that we've all been poisoned by in some way all it's touched all of our families if your family's been here long enough and especially in the south and it's 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 unignorable you can't this is not a thing we have seen i think that's the difference what you just described is a realization that so many of us are having now like look this isn't going away like Every yeah. time we think it's changing, you're like, all right, this time surely they do something. Like, you know, we after the most after like the most recent thing, we started seeing more and more body cams. And it was like right. uh, as a white guy, I was like, oh, we're good, dude. They got cameras on the cops now. Surely we're <laughs> fine. They don't give a fuck about the cameras. So they turn the cameras off. And it's like yep. there's little things like that that along the way I have allowed to let me sleep at night. And yeah, and it's it's so like it's it it becomes easy for us. We live in Austin. There's not that there's not that many. We don't have a large percentage of black people in this city as it is. Um, just circumstantially, like the, I don't have like a good black friend that I communicate with regularly. Like it's very easy to go to to fall back into your bubble. Yes. Um. In this you know in this privileged little life that we that we lead, and that's what I'm ready to. That's what I am ready to to stop doing. I'm not, I'm not going to fall back into that. So if, if, you know, just some of the things that I think we can do, if you're looking for ways, I'm, I'm sure that it's, you, you've been, you know, you've seen it all over social media and you're well aware, but I just, just to reiterate, 
there are lots of great causes that you can donate to. You can use your wallet to speak out on this. Um, and, uh, you know, I've ordered a couple of the of the of the books that have have really been pushed as like ones that we should all be reading. Um, listen to podcasts. There's a lot of podcasts about this. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I posted one of my favorites, which is one from uh, Malcolm Gladwell's revisionist history. That was one of the first things that like really, really kind of like changed my entire perspective on, on the history of, uh, you know, of the civil rights movement and, and, and kind of of the injustices that have been suffered over the last 70 years. I would highly recommend. I mean, and that, that in the modern era of the, of the last 70 years, obviously the injustices go back a lot further than that. I would recommend but, uh, everybody listen to uh, Mr. Arian Foster on Pardon My Take. Um, he has always been uh, somebody that I admired and followed very closely throughout his career that I've had the opportunity to get to know a little bit. And he is he is very well-spoken and wise, um, especially for his age. And he does not hold back. And if you've had trouble understanding what it feels like to be black in America, and you had trouble understanding the Colin Kaepernick part of the Black Lives Matter movement and the anti-police brutality stuff and how it all got mixed up and washed and lost, he explains it in a way that that is very easy to understand. And it's very straightforward. And that's like, it's sad that it took this much shit to get this many of us to even like, to care. It is. And that's the admission that I'm willing to make. Um, that, that as a passive, like you said, a passive supporter in the past, I didn't do enough. And like you said, I'm not willing to live that fucking life anymore. And, I, yeah. and one of the things I said on my show is like, I, I passive, I enjoy black culture every single day. Uh, how, yes. how could I yes. possibly not stand? Yeah. I mean, you can, Barrett and I are speaking through Zoom so he can see into my room. Like, here's the thing of James Harden, on my, a piece of art of James Harden on my wall next to me. Like, these are dudes that I admire and, and have my whole life. And it's like, what the fuck? How could I not? say something and I want to give one more analogy to close out what you were saying about how it's like you can't just you can't just go back to your bubble when I was a little kid I used to go to camp every summer and Barrett never did which is why he's so strange and uh (laughs) and I used to go to church camp okay which is why I'm so strange and it was a Christian camp in the Ozark Mountains, and we sold met, uh, we sold drugs and, and and moved we laundered money for the cartel. No, we uh, <laughs> it was in the Ozark Mountains, and it was called Camp Ozark, and it was phenomenal. I freaking loved it. I, I, it's not about that. The point is this: when you get home from from Christian camp every summer, you've been there for two weeks or whatever, or a week even. I don't I don't fucking remember. It doesn't matter. And you ride this high uh, in your religion, and I'm sure this applies to all religious camps where you've just had this incredible experience with all these people who share the exact same belief as you in this illuminating moment where you've all praised God and Jesus together and it, and it you ride that high for like a month, okay? And it's really easy that month to do all your Christian habits, to read your Bible and pray every night and do all the things you learned at camp. But slowly throughout the course of the month, you do it a little bit less. And it sticks a little bit less and then slowly but surely you get back to your old habits and you're just the same motherfucker you were before you went to camp. (laughs) Nothing changed at all because you didn't learn how to put any of what you learned into practice. It was just a temporary high that you rode. This similarly is how I have operated as a white guy in America every time we've had a tragedy like this and every time we've seen protests or riots in response to a tragedy like this. I have been upset. I have been moved to say things on the social media. I've been moved to donate, but I have lost that passion for it within a few weeks or a month every single fucking time. And that's the difference that I think is clicking for people. It's very clear that this is not something we can just get stoked on as a country of white people like, yeah, man, it's not right. And then not do anything to help make sure that it actually gets fixed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Here, here. So uh, that's that's yeah, that's my message to 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 all the to all the white members of the Glam Fam is to to keep educating yourself, keep listening, keep donating, keep this on the top of your mind moving forward, even after the protests are over, and even after you know this di- this the the hubbub of it all dies down a little bit. Like that doesn't that will not mean that the fight is won it will not mean that anything has changed or is over yet so yeah it'll just mean the news cycle so if gone. you're if you're if you're upset right now you know keep keep that keep that rage inside of you basically and keep, keep that figuring same energy. out keep that energy and keep keep figuring out ways to do and be better and to support and to you know 
affect change where you can. So, yes, sir. And as I said, if you want more from me on this, or uh, at WR Bowling on Twitter or the Ross Bowling Podcast episode two thirty one, I spoke to it uh, for twenty minutes. Um, let's do SpaceX. Let's talk about SpaceX news. Let's get some. Yes. Let's get some yes. positivity that all of us can stand behind. <laughs> yes. Um. All right. Here's what I know, Barrett. Elon Musk's crazy genius ass and his SpaceX program <laughs> after a weather delay the week before, which was, mm-hmm. I got to say, we're all sitting there. We all we all needed something to be stoked about so fucking bad. And then the weather delay on the rocket launch was like, oh, my God, dude. So to see it actually take place, uh, they successfully launched two American astronauts into space to go to go to the international space system and that's where the extent of my knowledge ends i did watch i did watch the thing it was fucking incredible dude um, that's very that, moving you, you you got it man this is the first time here's why here's why this is a big deal and and maybe you knew this maybe you didn't this is the first time that we have done space exploration with both the private sector and the government working in conjunction work, get, work, conjunction yes, to get, working conjecture? together to, conjunction Conjunction, working in conjunction, however you want to say it. Yes, they're working together, and so this is huge because by bringing in a private company, you are you're you're getting the best of the private sector. They're figuring out ways to drive down the price. There 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 are no you know there are no barricades to the to the to the or limits to the innovation that they can that they can play around with and and you know so it's not that they need another like they don't need they don't need dollars in tax right they money. don't need government funding yes exactly they're not they're not fighting for uh for portions of of budgets or anything like that so they can really just kind of you know they can they can use the full uh full galaxy brain of Elon Musk and the team over there to to figure this shit out and and eventually as they make no bones about eventually colonize Mars um <laughs> Shouts to the Martian, a, a movie that we might mention here in a minute. Hey, it's on the um, list of things I was going to mention for sure. Th- th- this stuff is just—it's—it's always—it is—it gives me goosebumps, man. If I—if you don't—if you didn't feel some sense of of insane wonder watching this rocket blast off into space and eventually hit like fifteen thousand miles per hour as it rocketed into orbit, I mean, you're—you're you're like you're missing something in your brain. My friend, and I'll say, dude, uh, it's you, it's you, just it's it's insane. It's insane. You and I got very lucky uh, growing up in Houston, Texas, um, right next to, as we know, where NASA one of the uh, one of the uh, control centers is for NASA, and or the control center, I guess, the main one. Uh, everybody knows the, the line, Houston. We have a problem. It's been overused in sports journalism for for so many years that it's it's truly infuriating. Uh, all of our te- like I'm wearing a hat right now, an Astros hat that has the Apollo. What, which Apollo is it, Barrett? Eleven. Uh, I believe it's eleven. Yes, eleven. The Apollo Eleven insignia on the front, the Apollo Eleven patch on the front. Um, we have the Houston Rockets. Our whole culture. We saw my grandma's house was on Taylor Lake in uh, in uh, right, literally right next to Nassau. She lived in the neighborhood with all the astronauts, so it was always something I was super, super fascinated by and into as a kid. And then um, we'll get into some of the ways that it that it sort of uh, that movies sort of took took mm-hmm. hold and shaped mm-hmm. my uh, fascination with outer space as well but yeah to see to see us because dude the gap how long has it freaking been since we did any like after after that explosion when you and i were in high school nasa took a big l dude and then and then obviously all the budgets got ratcheted back and they haven't been able to do dick so yeah, now s- they did sp- they did send nasa s- sent uh some guys to the international space station about 10 years ago Okay, but that's a long that was the, time. Right, right, right. That was the last time. And like you said, there has been, NASA has been, you know, on the end of all sorts of budget cuts and defunding and, you know, it, it's been a really... Which makes sense when you think about it. It's not been a great ride for them over the last 40 years, basically, or, or I guess I should say more like 30, 35, basically ever since the Challenger exploded. Yeah, it just gets um, hard for them in those budget meetings, man, when they're like, look, guys outer space and the nasa guy stands up and he's like i swear to god this is important please and they're like get the fuck out of here nerd (laughs) and they just slash that fool's budget yeah um but uh yeah this is look the 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 previous missions one of the things that we talked a little bit about on our group chat the previous missions were all under like the the shuttle program as they called it and you look back you you look at the at the dragon the spacex rocket Mm -hmm. 
and it makes so much more sense because it looks like a little it looks like a little model rocket that you would have messed around with when you were a kid. Yeah. You ride on the very tip of it. Yep. And that and from the bottom, the jet fuel blasts you off. Oh, Previously, God. on the shuttle program, we just slapped a plane to the back of the biggest like <laughs> jet fuel tank we could find. What the hell was that about? <laughs> What the f- how the fuck was that? Dude, every fucking toy I had as a kid was a gigantic white, basically uh, uh, a, a giant like Airbus strapped to an airplane. I, I just, I, I look at those pictures from, from the, you know, all of the shuttle program missions and it's just, it's like, it it's terrifying, man. You, all the, the, you're way too close to the jet fuel, I feel like, in that shuttle. It's just weird. Like, what? how is this? Like, it makes a difference if it explodes. <laughs> I, I mean, tr- sure, true. But, but, but still. It's, it's very, it's just, it, it It feels so rudimentary. It it really feels like they were like, you know, it, it looks like the first stages of space exploration. They were like, well, we've got these planes, right? And we figured out how to make them go in the air. But we need it to go way, way, way further and way higher this time. So what if we just slap one of those bad boys onto, like, you know, an oil rig, fill it up with jet fuel and light that thing on fire. (laughs) That's exactly. And the piece I'm thinking of in my head that I had all the toys of is the piece that doesn't even matter. It's the piece the main thing breaks off of. And that's the piece we all played with. Like, like that fucking thing mattered at all. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Watching these guys just in their little pod right on the top. There's just so it just, there's so many moments of of just kind of amazement here. Shouts to Patrick. Um, and then, and then I don't know if you watched uh, the the little the pod the capsule get picked up by the International Space Station. Pod God. Um, <laughs> but it's that's also just incredible to watch, knowing what is going on. I watched like, the video right before we started recording of that. And that shit's crazy. I, I mean, it's just it's first of all, it's pitch black. It's just pitch black. You're just in space. And there's nothing out you, there, man. There's nothing out there. You have the knowledge that both your pod and the International Space Station are orbiting the Earth at 17,000 miles per hour. It, that in and of itself is is insane. That's a lot they of knowledge. Really, they don't really feel that that speed, just like we don't feel that we're going 600 miles an hour when we're in an airplane 35,000 feet in the air. But it's still, you have the knowledge and as that pod is just making these tiny, tiny, tiny little tenth of a meter attitude adjustments to get in position, I, I just can't help but like, I know you're in orbit. I know the gravity is working for you, but like you, you're you're in space on a moving object that's not attached to anything. You just got to be hoping to God that that thing docks properly with the space station. I mean, that's I, why I don't, know, I don't know if those guys feel fear like that. They probably don't, but. It's it's just that's why it's so incredible to watch, man. It's it's that's why it's they always a, show that part in the movies, though, too, Barrett. The, right, the docking right. and it, and then slow motion and interstellar. If that's like forty five percent of interstellar is them docking to different docking <laughs> mechanisms and the docking mechanisms failing and such. I, I also loved how even when it docks, it docks, it gets locked in, it's attached to the International Space Station. We're so used to like to, to sci-fi movies and Star Wars and Guardians of the Galaxy and Star Trek and like all interstellar, all this bullshit. We just kind of expect, you know, you think that something docks and like a big hatch opens and you just walk in to the next to the next big ship or We're space here. station or whatever it is. It took them an hour. It took them an hour after docking. They got to go through so many processes before they can even open their tiny little hatch to crawl through into the space station. We got a long way to go. We got a really long way to go before, you know, we're, we're movie level. Oh, man, that's unfortunate to hear. You're, yeah. you're right, though. We we have a long way to go before we catch up to uh, the uh, technology and that, that Christopher Nolan invented and such. Yeah, yeah. I do want to, last thing about the SpaceX stuff before we move into our, our favorite space movies discussion. What did you think of the the outfits? What's what our astronaut outfits here? So this is the best we could we could bring. We actually we 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 discussed this on on last week's Club Cool podcast. Yeah, um, what what, that, what were your thoughts here? That all the money, all the thought that goes into SpaceX, the the all the coverage that you knew were was going to be here and uh, this 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 the the outfits, the the suits, the spacesuits, they really looked costumey. They were not. They were not good. 
They they were not good. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know why. I just expected. Look look. Here's what we're lacking here. They don't look cool. This looks yeah. like a dumbass yeah. who's never ever actually looked cool in their entire life designed this and went, oh, this is sick. This isn't sick at all. They look like they're yeah. wearing weird vests. Yes, it's very. It, they're not. And I mean, obviously, function is paramount here. Uh, it sure. doesn't. Doesn't really matter what they look like. They got to. We're they gotta, going all the way out there. They got a job to do, and so I and I understand that. It just seems that you would have, you know, thought about like they look like. What it look? You know what they look like? They look like spacesuits from like a low budget '70s film or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, from like Spaceballs. Like this is right. what they would have on in Spaceballs. And so, and and the other the other piece of that I think is that, you know, tossing it back to this sh- to the shuttle program here again. We got so used to seeing these massive, like intense looking spacesuits, right? They're True. big and they're orange and they're they or they're very white. Form fitting. They're not form fitting. They got all sorts of stuff all over them. The orange. Big, yeah, the orange ones are the more recent ones. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, like space uh, moon landing is all. They're all white, but in recent recent era, modern era, they were uh, orange. Huh. Weird. And and so. You know, you got that big glass dome on the head. Like, they're just very, they look spacey, right? They look like they're designed to be somewhere that you're not supposed to be. Yeah. And these things just, they, they it looked like they walked into like a, you know, a costume store and were like, we want to be astronauts. <laughs> we want to be spacemen. Yeah, because it... <laughs> And then they never give you like you get it the costume. Give us the, give us the alien costumes. The costumes are never quite as good. Like when you get the pirate costume, you're like, oh, it's always a little flimsier than you think it will be, uh, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But these guys, I'm just saying, like it's unfortunate that we we go all the way out there and that we, if you know if we do find something cool and we encounter some aliens and these two doofuses hop out, they're gonna be like these people got no swag. They they do they get they get a little better when the when the like the solid black visor Drops. is down. That then it's it looks a little bit more intimidating and kind of kind of badass, but the yeah the 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 pant jacket vest thing combo rain it's, boots it's, too. I don't know. I don't like the rain it's boots. It's a little oh the rain boots. Yeah, it's a little lacking. They, they, maybe they'll maybe they'll spiff it up. Um, you know, by the time that we're that we're going to the moon with SpaceX. Um, yeah, my final final comments here. I thought it was interesting. This was nothing. The 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 goal of this particular mission was nothing was its sole purpose was to make sure that the that dragon and the capsule and docking and taking off and launching and all that it's just testing it it was just the first let's put let's put people in the ship let's make sure it all works just like we think it's going to oh it does great now we can move on to the to 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 uh to flights dragon. with actual missions dragon. dragon um so i thought that was interesting and Doug and Bob they get to the ISS and they don't know how long they're going to be there. They're not sure if it's going to be five weeks or four months. Oh, that's mentally tough. So that that's that's also, you know, kind of screws with your brain a little bit. But these are two guys that had to that's, you know, th- you think back to Wednesday's scrub. Um, it, you're, you're sitting on the top of a rocket about to get launched into space. And then all of a sudden it just gets called off like 20 minutes before you go. that has to be a total mind mind fuck fuck. oh yeah yeah like those dudes are built to deal with it they know how to handle it maybe it doesn't even bother them bother them a lick but uh, that's crazy you know what that reminded me of man just to take it to tv um because this is very easy for me uh watching band of brothers when at the beginning the first i think it's like episode two no yeah yeah i think it's episode two where they are about, they they keep about to launch to Europe. They keep almost launching. Like they get out there, they get the fucking planes out, and everybody's in their gear, and they're all out there on the runway, and they're ready, and they're like, "Oh my god, we're going to invade Europe!" And then they're like, "All right, launch is cut off. Everybody back to your barracks. We'll try again <laughs> at 0800 tomorrow." And I, I cannot imagine as like an 18 year old kid being like, "Oh, tight, no, it's no biggie. We'll just try again tomorrow to drop me into fucking France." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yep. what it reminds me of. But yeah, it has exactly. to take a mental toll. All right, you want to jump over to space movies? Yeah, let's talk about our favorite space movies. This episode of OCC is brought to you by Lisa. I always argue your mattress 
is right up there with your TV in terms of important purchases you make for your home. So you have to ask yourself, is my mattress kind of shitty? Do I even remember where it came from? Do I wake up every morning feeling like I've won the lottery because my mattress is so damn comfortable? I do on my Lisa Legend. Join me. I slept on their hybrid, Lisa's hybrid, uh, for several years. Their premium hybrid, luxury hybrid mattress made with premium foams and springs for enhanced pressure relief with edge-to-edge support. It was the most comfortable bed I've ever laid eyes or body on, as I told y'all over and over and over. Now I've upgraded to the Lisa Legend. It is incredible. Even more incredible, I would argue, than the hybrid, but they're both unbelievable. You're going to get deep rest and relaxation. Lisa believes all people should have access to that, and they make it easy for their customers to know they've made the right choice through their social impact initiatives tied to each purchase. They donate one mattress for every 10 they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. To date, they've donated more than 33,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. Lisa mattresses are made in the USA. In-home delivery and setup is available. Financing is also available. Don't miss out, Clam Fam. Live healthier, live happier by resting deeper order today and get 15% off any mattress for a limited time at lisa.com slash dragon. Use the promo code dragon. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash dragon. Promo code dragon. All right, we're going to do space movies. Let's talk about space movies. What, what? Yeah, yeah. And I guess the first thing that we should say is that um, this week on Patreon, Movie Club for one of our favorite space movies, Interstellar. So stoked to do Interstellar. On patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles this week, ad free. Um, yeah, we're going to do a movie club, man. We're going to do Interstellar to go along with this entire discussion about our favorite space movies and everything we've talked about today. Interstellar is on Barrett and I's list, both of our lists of our favorite space movies. And it's one that uh, that is just such a well-done film and and that I love so much. And we both big McConaughey guys. And, and no, so big we're going to do Interstellar and have a yeah, blast. Yeah, big, big Nolan fans too. So it's got, in a Huge. way, it's kind of a, pre- a precursor to, uh, to Tenet. Which Tenet is Tenet is the movie that if it does not get pushed, I'm I'm venturing out. I'm going to a theater for Tenet. I will I will I will do that as well. I'm I'm going. I'm gonna put on one of these SpaceX astronaut we're suits. Put, we're getting the SpaceX suits. We're going to a theater because they don't look that expensive. <laughs> um, yes this this uh, this Friday on Patreon, y'all will have Patreon.com/slash Oysters Clams Cockles. Every week you get an ad free episode if you're in the Mollusk Militia, and you get three a month if you're in the Clam Fam. Ad free. Um, this first episode is going to be a movie club on Interstellar, so watch Interstellar and then listen to Barrett and I discuss it, laugh about it, and talk about our favorite parts of the movie and the history of how it was made and all that different stuff that we always get into when we do movie clubs. So, to kind of jump into where my life started space movies-wise is, is an obvious one, is Star Wars, right? Um, when we were little kids, Star Wars had already come out. How do I reach these kids? And our parents' generation had enjoyed Star Wars, and it was already this cultural phenomenon. I don't know why I say phenomenon like Trump. Phenomenon. Um, (laughs) But it was like a cultural phenomenon that uh, we got sucked into, sort of. like. But it was never really ours. And then I never really saw anything at that level of obsession until Lord of the Rings and then, of course, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But Star Wars is just such a huge cultural like pennant in in our in Hollywood and in American culture that it's the one that I think of first when I think of space movies, and it's just you know silly as shit. It's not really like about going to space. It's just about yeah. It just it happens to take place in, in space. space. Yeah, yeah. And and we're going to touch on so a couple of those, but for the most are, part, you know, there are various. It's it's there are various categories of these space movies, right? Indeed. You have. You have like real life space quests, Interstellar, Gravity, Apollo thirteen, those type of films. All uh, great. First Man, all great. Um, and then you have other space movies that kind of like are kind of in betweens, right? Like Alien, Prometheus. I mean, obviously they're the, oh the, Prometheus, the, dude. same story. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Event Horizon. I haven't so seen the, Event Horizon. The, these are kind of like they almost border on horror. But they, but they, a lot of them still have like a lot of space mythology, right? Like about about space. They're a, they're still about on some level space travel, and about man's journey to space, right? And then there are movies that it's literally space is just the backdrop. So those are your, your like Guardians of the Galaxy or Star, Star Wars, Wars or Star Trek or you know those movies that where space is just it happens to be the set 
but we don't really dive into like the whole like man's quest to journey into the final frontier. Planet of the Apes, right. Space Jam, The Fifth <laughs> Element. Yeah, yeah. We don't go into the whole like how did we get here? You brought up Prometheus, which is one of my all time favorite uh Dude, yes. sci fi movies, and it's a very um what's well, the divisive one, right? Like and don't people it, split it, pretty Yeah, people are pretty split on Prometheus, but I think it kind of breaks down into it, it's it's almost it's it's a little bit of the Game of Thrones thing. It's like if you need the story to be just super tight, no plot holes, like no, you know, no head scratchers, no drops no in any- logic. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. If you need all that, then Prometheus probably isn't your movie. But if you just get really into like the super kind of heady, cerebral, like what does it all mean and why are we even here type stuff? Yeah. Prometheus has to be at the top of this list because it asks some really crazy questions. The the entire just the whole first scene of Prometheus where we get these like whitish blue godlike titan things like establishing life on Earth is like just so i mean and that's that's an injected into my veins scene there so uh yeah man i I love prometheus i had a note on my list of favorite space movies it just says barrett what's that sci-fi movie we love that's like one word like polymagoris or some shit because <laughs> i couldn't remember it man um you brought up that there's this category of these realistic space movies, right? Um, yeah. Apollo 13 is the, the probably my favorite one of all time. Tom Hanks is uh, is uh, one of the goats, and it came out when I was a little kid, in the, and we were we were younger, in our it, teenagers, I guess, probably. And not uh, even man, we were young. It was 95. Preteen, okay, yeah, yeah. So I was what, eight, nine, eight, eight or nine, eight, eight years old, yeah. So. I was in that place where I was obsessed with space and like, obviously that movie was kind of scary even when I was eight, but like the older I got, I've watched it throughout the years. Just an incredible uh, film sort of like, you know, it's about that. It's about us going to space, but it's also just like, it's about human resolution, like humans uh, ability to go against these extreme circumstances and find a way to survive and overcome. And Tom Hanks, again, just brilliant. What are some of your other like favorite of the realistic category? So another one that has that has its critics as well, although it was a, a global smash hit and nominated for lots of awards. But I was I love the movie Gravity. Um, visually, I'm not sure that any movie has ever achieved what it what it achieved. It took three years for them to do the special effects on that movie, and it shows. Uh, it's it it kind of like I think more than any of these films it achieves that like it, it achieves that it achieves that impact of like this is how daunting and scary it would be to be in space and Interstellar actually does some of that too the reason that gra- gravity does it a to a to a slightly higher level because it's so much like closer to our own future. There, the the mission and the space travel, the forms of space travel are actually in existence, basically. Yeah, Interstellar feels more sci-fi. Interstellar is a little bit more futuristic in in science fiction. Yeah, and so just the 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 whole thing, the the whole w- watching Sandra Bullock alone in space, and and just watching her mentally deal with that is it, it's you know it's it's a ninety minute movie. It's short. It's great, and and I. I, I just love that it, it punches that stuff home with incredible special effects. Yeah, Gravity, more than any other space movie I've ever watched, and I've watched a lot of them, it gives you that feeling of what it would be like to be in outer space as a yeah. human being in this endless darkness, essentially alone. Um, and it's I, it's one that didn't, you know, visually, yes, it was incredibly stunning. And, and and yes, it did give me that feel for outer space. It's one that I don't like find myself wishing I could go rewatch or go want to hit again or something. But like gravity was incredibly well made and the, the special effects in particular were outrageous. It's also just kind of a heartbreaking movie. Yeah. But, uh, but no, another, another really good one. Um, I'm trying to think of what else in terms of, you know, what's funny, man, when we were in high school at West side, we had this teacher and I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to roast anybody here, but, and I don't know if you had his class, I'll text you after, but this fool would show up hung over like a few times a semester or whatever. And he would throw on October sky because he didn't want to teach. 
Okay, so we watched October Sky over and over and over in like physics class because this I dude, did not I did not have him. He no. was incredible. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he ended up. We found out he was like dating a really hot student. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. The point is, October Sky is one that specifically focuses on like the rocket building aspect mm-hmm. of that sort of obsession that spurred in the in the back in the day. Um, and, and one that I'll never, ever watch again because I've seen just Jake Gyllenhaal talking rockets too many times. So Yeah, so that that one doesn't really do it for me, but I think for the same reasons. It, it's probably a good movie, but it was such a... I don't want to say... Di- was it a Disney movie, actually? It might have been. Let me look. It, it, when I think back to October Sky, it feels very like, you know, kind of just like, sad but feel good vibes it's a family film it's it's a family film yeah and i don't have time for those ross um (laughs) (laughs) that's fair that's fair look here's one that has to be mentioned that that i you know that i i thought i thought about for for movie club on patreon um and that i do intend on on revisiting because it's been one it's it's one that i have not seen in probably 15 years but that's 2001 a space odyssey me too man been forever since i've seen it one of my dad's favorite movies and again much in the way that we have talked about how how uh dune is something that is a fact that basically like laid the blueprint for for all these kind of crazy futuristic sci-fi movies like the matrix and blade runner and all that type of stuff a space odyssey wrote the blueprint for all these space exploration versions of the sci-fi films. Like it is, you know, and it's, it's both, it's a man's quest film. It's also a horror film. Like it's also scary and daunting and certainly asks a bunch of these kind of, you know, unanswerable questions. Like what, what is, what is the meaning of life? Um, And I can think to this, I can think, I can picture the scene in my head at the end of this film where there's just a bunch of monkeys like climbing and beating a this these weird monoliths these just black structures that are jutting out from the ground um but i don't really remember the whole film so it's it's one that i know is very important to film history and kind of paved the way for a lot of these things and also should be mentioned is just like an incredible incredible achievement for the way it looks 1968 man that, like yes that's wild and and the the effects and the costuming and the and the the set dressing and just it it looks incredible for a film that is for a movie that's that old. One from uh, my another one that came out when I was a kid that my dad really really liked uh, and still likes obviously that, that that I watched several times that when I think of space movies I always think of this one too is Contact. Uh, also, oh, yeah. shouts to Laura yeah. Dern and October Sky by the way, but Contact was one of those ones that asked the bigger questions too, right? Like it makes it about- Yes, totally. totally. What is the meaning of life? It's got Jodie Foster, uh, Matthew McConaughey plays that like goofy ass Christian preacher that's like in love with her or something. Their relationship's really fucking weird. I don't know, they make it strangely like, the sexuality of that didn't work, Um, (laughs) but that's okay. It came out in 97 again. So when I was a little kid and it was like, it was just too deep for me to understand as as that young of a child. So I watched it with my dad and then I watched it as an adult, obviously. And that's when it was like, it was just kind of one of those movies that I had this whole new perspective on as an adult that I saw how cool it was and why it was so cool. And it incorporates a lot of this sort of uh, Elon Musk stuff. When you, like Elon Musk, when he sort of first established himself, I was like, yo, this is straight out of contact. Like this is some fucking crazy, uh, you know, private sector individual going to space shit like this is a totally different deal than like nasa um and it, it always reminded me of contact as he was sort of coming up through his rise so contact's one that i've always loved yeah um another one worth mentioning kind of from that same era is gattaca from 1997 haven't seen this one. Oh, dude this is this is an awesome awesome film and uh, one of the coolest things about it is that it is it, it, if it came out in 2020, we would be praising it for being so original and unique and like it didn't need any it didn't need to be based on any other previous works of, of uh, you know, of, of media of, of it wasn't a book or it wasn't a movie or, or a TV show before that. It wasn't recycled IP. Right. It's just an original story. It has Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman and Jude Law. 
and it's it's uh it's really 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 cool damn how the uh, hell have kinda, i not seen this kind of deals with um it's also you know it's 97 but it kind of envisions a future where people are far more regularly going to space like as part of either um you know recreation or their job where they're just like oh going to space today see you guys in a week right <laughs> so that's that's kind of cool um it also is very ahead of its time because it deals with like picking the genetic traits of your baby if you want to Ooh. and even deals with like how that is something that is morally that, ambiguous right especially because it will so obviously be the uh the the something that rich people have access to and poor people don't right 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 yeah uh that one i haven't seen so i need to add it to my list um Another one that we that I may have thrown out earlier that was like it's a sci-fi movie. It takes place in outer space. It just like there, there's like okay, so the categories are what it's like the ones that focus on aliens too, like Arrival. Does that count as a space movie? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Arrival. Uh, was, I guess I guess it's more of I guess Arrival is more of an alien, alien movie. movie than a space yeah. movie because they it, the aliens come here. Right. That's that's right. Yeah, we don't ever actually leave the Earth. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if Arrival counts, man. But damn, that's a yeah. really good ass movie. So let's just that's say also, it's a great film. Just great a film. great movie. Yeah. Um, let me let me bounce to another more recent one then, and let's let's talk for a second about The Martian. Yeah. Matt Damon in space, uh, colonizing Mars, solo dolo, gardening. <laughs> Um, it's one of the ones, it does do a good job of giving you a feel for what it might be like to be, to experience that type of solitude that far away from earth, but it doesn't do it to the degree that contact does. It's more like a little kitschy. I don't know. It's fuck. It's, it's something like homely and like less terrifying about the Martian or something. I think it just might be Matt Damon's face. Right. Well, and there's a lot of humor in the Martian as well. A whole, there's Um, quite a bit of laughs. Yeah. That's one that... <clears throat> 2015, it came out. That's one where I, I get to be the guy saying, oh, the book was better, because that's a book I actually uh, read. Good for you. Does it's it feel like good? The, it does feel good. It feels very good, Ross. The book was so much better. I'm so jealous right now. <laughs> it's one of the five books I've read over the last <laughs> decade. Um, Fuck, that must feel nice. <laughs> what I, I And so I, I thought The Martian was good. It was a good adaptation. One of my favorite, but 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 I totally hear what you're saying. Like it's not the Martian's goal is not necessarily to make you feel how, like how daunting and how terrifying and how lonely that would be. Even though it does venture into some of those a little bit, but he's not in space. Space. Fields. He's on Mars. It's a little different yeah. than like yeah. Um. What one of my favorite parts about the Martian though is I really really like the the visualization in that movie of what like a of what the spaceship would look like that goes to Mars. Sure. You know, they're in that, it's, it's this massive, like spinny crazy satellite yeah. looking thing. Yeah. And, and you know, you get to the, just like the international space station, when you, when, once you create these bigger space vehicles or, um, you know, lot lodges, the lodgings essentially that are up in space, space domiciles, and we're gonna, you know, we'll see some of this in Interstellar as well. They got to start doing the spinning thing. Yeah. Right. And that's that's even in a movie. A lot of that is in a movie that was kind of a flop, unfortunately. It was the one called Passengers with ah. um, Chris Pratt and, and uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh yeah, that took a big L in 2016. Well, but but I can only imagine that they've that they've done the research to know this because it's in all these movies. Whenever you do extended space travel. Your craft, your 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 spacecraft, is going to need to start spinning to like deal with like the effects of gravity and time and bodily function and all that shit. Yeah, apparently, very yeah. spinning very quickly. In some cases, I feel like I, I feel like I might have watched this silly ass Passengers movie at some point. It's just Chris Pratt and J Law, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been it's been on it's been on one of the cable channels recently, kind of because I, I've definitely tuned in for like an hour of it before. That's how I know that there's a massive spinning ship in it. You mentioned the first man earlier, and that's another one that I have not seen. I have not seen that. I would real. I'd like to see that. I, it's one that I, I I intended to see like in an IMAX theater. Really get the effect of the, you know, the the <laughs> the screws riveting, like just vibrating yes. and rattle rattling around on those. On those old hunks of metal. Oh yeah, 
But um, but you know, I've got a sound bar now, so that should be good enough. Yeah, you're good. That's, you're good, dude. You're good. <laughs> Plus, you might like maybe the pipes uh, cracking and creaking will add to the experience right. and yeah, make exactly, it seem like you're exactly. on a spaceship. That's one I need to add to my list for sure, along with Hidden Figures, which was another recent like space travel focused movie um, that I did not catch yet. And focused on the uh, the people, the the women specifically, the the black women um, down on on the ground that were an integral part of the the mission. Yeah, um, starring Taraji P Henson and Octavia Spencer and Janelle Monae. That got it got it got nominated for a lot of stuff. Got some right? noms. Yep, yep. Yeah, so need to catch that still. Um, man, you know what I watched uh, over the weekend? Avatar. Isn't James Cameron doing another one of these too? Isn't he like working on an he Avatar is. He's, do, he's doing like five more. Oh, of course he is. Avatar counts as a space movie sort of, but it, it like, you know, focuses on like the fucking weirdest possible we did, angle. Do, we, like two months ago, we did some bits on Avatar because it was on TV and I watched a good chunk of it. Yeah. Well, I know I've fucking rewatched it. Yeah. I still really enjoy watching Avatar. I do. I don't it's, know why. It's okay. I don't know why. Um, Independence Day, but that was really an Aliens movie. That was an Aliens movie. Planet yeah. of the Apes was one that I loved when I was little. Yeah, I've seen that, but I don't. I it, again, it's it's it's, been it's too an, long. It's though. an older movie that I haven't seen in a really long time. We've honestly, I think we've about covered most of my favorite ones. We obviously mentioned the Aliens franchise, which is another really good one. Indeed. We talked about Prome- Prometheus, which is the more recent entry into uh, into that lineup. Um, but I know that the you know the first two, especially with with Sigourney Weaver, also of Avatar fame are especially you know highly thought of as far as this genre goes and then you know we're, we'll save the discussion but i i love interstellar it's 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 christopher nolan it's it's space it's it's intense man i'm i'm very excited to watch it it's got mcconaughey and one of my other favorite actors in the whole world michael kane i love michael kane dude and i love jessica chastain oh i really love her more than the other two combined <laughs> They can both fuck so, off. Uh, I'll yeah. throw out two of my animated favorites uh, that are related to space before we leave here. Space Jam. And then, of course, Wally. Did you ever see Wally? I, dude, I never saw Wally. Oh, you suck. I saw it in theaters with a chick in college. I would like to see Wally. I need to see that. I like the Pixar films. I'm a big fan of Wally. It's one of my favorites. I love it. Little guy's just a great little friendly robot with a huge heart who wants to help. That's all. Hey, before we wrap up, do you want to do you want to get into some tidbits and such? I figured we might as well do some tidbits and such with Barrett. Do you want do you want to um you want to take a quick break? Sure. Today's episode of OCC is also brought to you by Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. They believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. A great shopping experience on their website when you go to MacWeldon.com. Unbelievably simple to browse. Find whatever you need. The best in basics anywhere. Industry-leading underwear. So much more than just an underwear company, though. They have the best in all basics. Socks, shirts, hoodies, the new adjustable Storm Chaser rain jacket, and uh, they're, they really do value their loyal customers. That's why they created the Weldon Blue Loyalty Program. You create an account. It's totally free. For level one, you place an order for any amount and never pay for shipping again. Level two, only you, uh, or once you purchase $200 worth of products from Mack Weldon, not only will you continue receiving free shipping, but you will also start saving 20% on every order you make for the next year. Level two also grants you access to new products before they are released to anyone else, as well as free gifts added to future orders. I thoroughly enjoyed my shopping experience on Mack Weldon. I grabbed some of their Ace sweatpants. They look great. They feel great. I got some of the Airnet HD boxer briefs as well, and they're quite cozy on me and uh, my goods as we speak. For your 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code DRAGON. DRAGON. MacWeldon.com, promo code DRAGON. 20% off your first order order that was a quick break let's do some tidbits and such uh, i mean unless you had did you want to mention any other space movies before we before we get no into that was my such. whole that was my whole list man that was my okay. every single one All that right. i wanted to discuss today um I'm, I'm probably gonna watch one of the ones that we discussed that i haven't seen yet tonight yeah okay well that you better watch interstellar too well there was one that you mentioned at the beginning one of the old school ones that you were like dude that's a great movie you got to watch it that i was like how have i not seen this 
and it was Gattaca. There we go. Thank you. Oh, yeah. yeah Gattaca. Gattaca. Another Gattaca. one. I, I might go into that one tonight. So correct correct me if I'm wrong here, Ross. Did I did we we've talked Nolan here on this and we're doing a Nolan movie on for for Patreon. Indeed. Did I did I tell you about the Inception and Paprika connection last time? I don't believe I tell I don't believe so. Okay. Well, we're this is my first tidbit and such. I, I may have talked to some people on Twitter about this. I didn't know this. There is an animated film called Paprika. And it is, uh, it's, it's a, it's a Japanese film. So it's, it's anime. Okay. And Inception, well, it kind of incepted Paprika to make its movie. Like plot wise? Yeah. And even, I mean, there are some side-by-side photos of Paprika, of scenes from Paprika and scenes from Inception that are very, very similar. And all you need to do is read like the first paragraph of the Paprika Wikipedia entry. Um, and you're, you're going to see that it inspired Inception. Absolutely. And there is no credit given to Paprika from Inception. This was not an ad. It was not considered an adaptation of Paprika. There's no like based on the animated, the Japanese animated film Paprika. And it came out in t- 2006, to be clear. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so this is this is not something that I that I knew until uh, until this last month, and I just I thought it was an it was interesting to share. Paprika is very very highly thought of, like as a, like a one of the greatest international films of the last twenty years, basically. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, because I that so, it's one of these areas where like I know anime is so 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 popular, and I have just never gotten into it and i'm yeah i'm looking at the the wikipedia page now and that's crazy man that's really wild did not realize that about inception yeah so just uh something to know about inception and i mean i know we've got a lot of avatar the last airbender fans out there um they might be they could be paprika fans as well because right in that same time frame and uh, you, you know, just they kind of they kind of share the, the the anime connection at the very least. Paprika isn't paprika a spice? Paprika is also a spice. Um, okay, next up in tidbits and such. Did you hear? Carol Baskins officially took control of Joe Exotic Zoo. <laughs> in the midst of all this shit, Carol Baskins swoops in and is granted. Ownership and control of Joe Exotic, the incarcerated Tiger Gods, uh, I'm sorry, Tiger King's zoo. Yes, yes. And if and if that weren't enough, everything is turning up roses for Carol Baskins, Ross. Today, I, 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 there was something released where the sheriff, a sheriff has confirmed that Carol Baskins' dead husband, his will was forged. He confirms it. And uh, he he said he always knew that it was forged, and he's had two experts come in, and and basically basically corroborate this. And the the experts are saying that it was most definitely forged, but the statute of limitations is such that there's nothing that can be done. What? <laughs> so wait, so they essentially know now, like pretty much for a fact, that this dude was killed. It would really appear that way. They called it a 100% a forgery. He went missing in 97 and was declared dead in 2002. And remember, this is how Carol Baskin got all her money to do her Tiger King shit because he was worth up to $10 million, uh, which Baskin got and cut out his family. Yeah, yeah. Um, a hilarious headline from Entertainment Tonight here about, about the, the first Carol Baskin tidbit. Jeff Lowe has no plans to clean up Tiger King Zoo for Carol Baskin. <laughs> well, of course he doesn't. <laughs> um, so yeah, man. Um, this Carol Baskin, she's 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 at it again. She's just taken all the W's. Joe Exotic still in jail. Dude, I like the and... Cosmo one. It says Jeff Lowe is leaving Zoo in complete hell before handing keys to Carol Baskin. <laughs> complete hell um yeah okay couple more here before we before we get out of here sure sure have you experimented i know you like experimenting I do. have you have you experimented with hbo max at all 
I have not. And I'm here's my question. As an HBO subscriber and HBO Go user, what what? You you have complete access. Just download the HBO Max app. No shit. Sign in with your regular stuff. Have you been have you been messing with it? Yeah, I have. And it's it, and much in the same way that you like opened up Disney Plus and you were like, oh man, there's a lot here. That that's how HBO Max is. This is going to um it's going to be a player, man. And, and you know, we there, there's we've always talked about, and, and a lot of people have, about how all these streaming services, right, they, they're, they're all going to crop up and eventually we're going to have to make cuts. And right now, I don't know what I can cut because Hulu is absolutely crushing it. It's probably my most watched app right now between, uh, between Dave and The Great and Devs and... Um, Lot of what Hulu, was the other baby. show we were watching on? What were, was the other show we were watching on on Hulu? Um, uh, oh, High Fidelity on Devs. Rick and Morty. I'm, I'm about, watching on Hulu. Rick, or the, was the uh, the well the entire the entire catalog of Rick and Morty available on HBO Max now? Um, really? Yeah. And the new ones too? Yes. Yo, um, finally, I haven't watched them. Yes, uh, Hulu also has Interstellar, which which I'm gonna pop on tonight. So it, so we got Hulu. Obviously, Netflix, kind of leader in the clubhouse, is kind of the the de facto one, right? Sure. You know, it's just kind of the go-to for a lot of different things. Um, uh, it, it not gonna lose. I'm not losing HBO, and HBO Max has now just made the made the pie even sweeter. And uh, Disney Plus has a ton, so it's like I don't. What what am I gonna cut out here, man? Honestly, the the answer is for me is Disney Plus. And it's, it's, yeah, I probably, yeah, it's, they haven't built the original content base for me to stick with it, but I have watched more Disney plus this last few months than anything else by far, as I've literally rewatched every movie from my childhood, uh, animated classics wise, and then gotten into some other shit. I think that's where I was watching avatar too, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And they have a lot in the way of movies and in old stuff and in, and there's a ton there, but they don't have that like hook in me where I'm like, I can't wait for the next season of, except for The Mandalorian, yeah, which I can just sign back yep. in for just that, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, where we are I, right that, now with them for me. That's a good point. Disney Plus has been extracting the $7.50 a month from my bank account for for the last six months since the Mandalorian ended and I haven't even logged into it once. See, so I should probably, I should cut. probably get in there and that's the, you're right. That's the cut. That's the cut. Okay. Temporary I mentioned cut, HBO. Cut. Yeah. I mentioned HBO. I mentioned Netflix. We, one thing that we know about HBO, they like to recycle their actors. Mm-hmm. It's very much well, like a club. We, yes. We could be seeing some of this from Netflix, Ross. Really? The, uh, the, the fine, the fine young thespian that plays Sarah Cameron in Outer Banks. Her name is Madeline Klein. Indeed. She was on two episodes of Stranger Things. Is that so? Yes. She played Tina. Oh. She was one of the uh the high schoolers that was that was probably with the with the cool crew with the cool crew. Okay. And Tina. Uh, and, and hanging out with Steve Harrington or or, or some such or the lifeguard some kid such, who gets aliens. Some such shenanigans. Yeah. So um you know, I, I we talked about how these how a lot of these actors on these Netflix shows they just blow up. So even if you get a if you get a small role in a Netflix show, they might they might call you up to the big leagues and put you on the next big thing and make you a superstar. Just happened to find yourself on her IMDb page there, did you? Uh, I yeah yeah it was totally. You were totally doing research above, for the show. Yeah, it was it was for the show. It was all above above ground. Of course, of course. <laughs> well, you got any other tidbits? Or, no, those such? are all. That's all. My, that's all my tidbits. Um, those were good ones. And and all my such. I feel full. My appetite for tidbits and such has been my my lust for tidbits and such has been slaked. That's good. That's good. And that will do it for today's episode of OCC. Huge thanks to our sponsors today, both Lisa.com slash dragon and Mac Weldon. Use those codes, those URLs, get in there, support our sponsors as they are uh, supporting us. And of course, for an ad-free episode of OCC. Three times a month, you can join the Crustacean Nation on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. And for four times a month, you can join the Mollusk Militia. This Friday, Barrett and I will be uh, putting out the Interstellar episode, Movie Club, covering Interstellar, talking about Interstellar, deep dive into Interstellar, our favorite parts, our favorite 
things to take away from it and, uh, you know, sort of uh, the history of how it was made and such too. Well, I want, I'm, I'm interested to hear more about this paprika situation. And then... Um, yeah, we can we can we can discuss a little bit. It'll be it'll be a Nolan day over there on the Interstellar Patreon pod. Yeah, follow us on Instagram at uh, Oysters Clams Cockles on Twitter at Clams and Cockles. We're on Facebook.com slash Oysters Clams Cockles, and you can follow me Ross Bolin on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat at wr Bolin at w r b o l e n. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, the Ross Bolin podcast is available wherever you listen to OCC. Mister Dudley, where can we follow you and hear more of your voice? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Barrett Dudley. Check out Club Cool wherever you are listening to this podcast. Just search for uh, club and then the word cool and you will find it, my friend. We meet at the intersection of pop culture. We meet, did I, what, did we meet at the intersection of style and pop culture. Is that what I said? I was like, did you say only pop culture? Do we only get <laughs> pop culture now? What the fuck just happened to the intersection? I've been standing at the intersection this whole time. Yeah, no, no. We're still, we're still at the intersection of style and pop culture. Oh, that was God. just a... Uh, you know, yeah. Thank God. All right. Need not need not fret. Good. I was fretting. Uh, we will be back on uh, next week to talk mo. Love y'all. Thank you for listening. Stay safe out there until our next helping. Adios, muchachos. Ooh.